want you to answer me. Why are you here? Like genuinely, honestly, why are you here? Do you know that for yourself? <coughs> if you don't, like, that's a good question to ask. You know, some might say they're here because, well, they're supposed to be here. <laughs> you know, this is, this, is, this is our responsibility as Catholics to show up because that's what the church tells us to do. Some others might be here because uh, they're yearning for something or want something and, and have found something within the life of the church that fulfills that desire. And none of those are bad. In fact, they got you here. <laughs> so it's good, whatever it is that that reason is. But now that you're here, the Lord wants to purify it. He wants to direct it. He wants to, uh, to, to take away all of your your desire for control, to get what you desire. He wants to take away all of your selfishness, all of the, the emotional and psychological baggage that you bring. And he wants to make you holy. The reason that he brought you here is because he wants you to be a saint. Like, I know I've mentioned this before, and I will say it again. I can't wait for the day that there's so-and-so from, St. So-and-so from Marrero. Like, that's going to be an awesome day. Like, just to, I'm from the West, the East Bank, but just to throw it in the East Bank's face. <laughs> the saints from Marrero, not Metairie. <laughs> like, but, like, for us to become saints, for us to become truly, because what is a saint? A saint is someone who is fully human. Someone who is fully human, who imitates and is like Christ fully and totally and perpetually in the midst of the world. That's why there's only so few of them that we know Like in 2,000 years, we can name about a thousand of them, maybe a little bit more, that we absolutely know for sure that they are in the heavenly kingdom. And we ask for their intercession. Today, today is the day for us, Joe Schmoes, who nobody will probably ever know. Anybody in Italy is probably not going to know my name or your name. But that doesn't mean that we can't get into heaven. That, isn't, that doesn't mean that we can't enter into the full glory of the heavenly kingdom. Because as St. John says in the second reading, we have been made children. And because we've been made children, we've been made heirs of the kingdom of God. But in order to receive the fullness of our sonship and our participation in Christ's sonship, we have to live 
these beatitudes. And I'm not going to lie, they suck. Like, they're hard. Blessed are the poor. That's exactly the opposite of what the world tells us to be. The world t- wants us to like, say, do everything that you can to be rich. And God, God says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs, what do they inherit? The kingdom of heaven. They get a kingdom. The poor, like, what? Blessed are the poor. But what does that mean? It is the person, the one who is poor in spirit, is the one who is not attached to earthly things. Including people. Including comfort. How many times does the Lord pull us into uncomfortable situations and we go, "Uh, I don't know about that. Those uncomfortable situations are opportunities for us to become closer to being saints. We see them as negative things when in fact they are positive. What else does he say? Blessed, God bless you. I done turned 17 pages instead of two. Blessed are those who mourn. What? Like, the world sees the people who mourn as like whiny babies. Like, get over it. Stop crying. I'm sure, ladies, you've all heard that from a guy. (laughs) Stop crying. But what does he mean by that? Blessed are those who mourn. I think in particular, as the church fathers talk about that, they say, the blessed are those who mourn for their sins. Who see their sin for what it is and are so disappointed and so sad that they cry before the Lord. Even after they've been forgiven. That's in that purification, in that recognition of the depth of our sinfulness, we recognize the depth of God's power and his love and his mercy. Which strips away the ego, it strips away that control. Because when we sin, it's often because we want to take control back, just like Eve and Adam. Well, Adam didn't, Adam didn't take control, Adam just lazily <laughs> gave control away. <laughs> he was like, oh, food. Yeah, okay, whatever. Blessed are the meek. What? Not the powerful, not the bold, not the strong, not the loud, not the one who can out-yell the other person, not the one who can insult better, but the meek, the simple, the humble, the one who recognizes that every gift, everything that they have is a gift from God. And what did they inherit? They inherit the, the whole of the land. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Y'all, that one's hard. Like to, to hunger to do the right thing. Not to begrudgingly, okay, God, I'll do this. How many times over the course of the day, week, month, we're like, I don't really want to do this. This person doesn't deserve my love right now. Like, like, 
No, but, but rather to hunger for it. To hunger to do good. To hunger to care for the poor. To hunger to fulfill Matthew chapter 25. When you love the least of my brethren, you have loved me. Like, that's a deep desire. How can that happen? It's not really anything that we can do. It's rather what we can allow God to do in us, where he stirs up that hunger, which is love. Which is love. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. Y'all, we live in a world of no mercy. No mercy. I remember in, in high school, that was the big slogan for like some wrestling guy. Like it was all over the place. It was like in biker, like no mercy. Leave no mercy. I can hear it in every football locker room. No mercy. <laughs> we probably hear it in cheerleader locker rooms. No mercy. <laughs> you know. Right? But the world, what does the world do? As soon as somebody, somebody does one wrong thing, yes, they shouldn't have done that thing, for sure. Canceled. Done. Over with. Their life ruined. How many times do we hold on to a grudge? I've had conversations with people and like, so, you know, who are your siblings? Oh, yeah, I have this brother, but I haven't talked to him in like 30 years. I'm like, why? They're like, I don't really remember. But he doesn't deserve it. Like, what? <laughs> like, you don't even remember why you're angry and you're not going to, like... We hold on to all of this hurt. We hold on to all of this pain. And we say, well, if I hold on to it and I have control over when I get hurt and when I don't get hurt. What? You, most of you are parents. Can you control when your children get hurt and when they don't get hurt? No. Even when you set very large, very small boundaries, they're going to do stupid things and get themselves hurt. They're going to poke the wrong thing. They're going to step down the stairs. Got to go to the ambulance. Got to go to the broken arm again. Like, we're going to get hurt. That's what we do with that hurt. We can allow it to be transformative. To, to we can love through it rather being, than being embittered by it. And here's the kicker. When we've done wrong, and we recognize that we've done wrong, we desire reconciliation. We don't want that to continue to hang over our heads. We want to receive the mercy of the other person. And those who are merciful will receive mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart. How clean is your heart? Now here's the good thing about that. You know who cleans your heart? Yeah, Jesus. He, <laughs> you just hire him and just turn him over as your housekeeper. <laughs> Let him be the one that cleans the dishes in your house. Let him be the one that mops the floors and dusts the fans and cleans every bit of china in the china cabinet that you don't need.
Let him be the one to make you pure of heart. And what does what the pure of heart receive? They get to see God. I don't know about you, but that's awesome. Don't we all want to see God? And blessed are the peacemakers. I used to be a chaplain at an all-girls high school for five years. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a group of 400 high school girls, but there's this thing that happens when girls get in community, especially when they're dealing with already lots of social difficulties of being in high school and 16. But like the drama level is like at 110. But the thing is, as I began to get older and out of that situation, the drama level really doesn't go down as you get older. It just changes. It's not about boys and who's talking to who and who's not talking to who. It's about boys and who's talking to who and who's not talking and who said this and who did this and and all this division happens. No, he wants us to bring peace. Now, what is peace? It is his, himself. He is the Prince of Peace. So when we bring Jesus into a situation and invite him in, we become peacemakers. And when we're able to do those things, which in, in essence, most of those is God doing something in us. Is us letting go, is us receiving control and power. That is when we become a saint. And I will tell you, when you become a saint, it's much easier for the people around you to become a saint. So if you don't like your next door neighbor, you help your next door neighbor by becoming a saint. <laughs> <laughs> you can't change them. You can't do anything. But when they see your holiness, they're going to be infected by that. Oh, throughout the entire history, I'll end with this, the entire history of the church is the entire history of saints begetting other saints. St. Monica, St. Augustine, St. Francis, St. Clair. There's a whole family of saints. St. Gregory uh, of Nyssa, St. Gregory, uh, St. Basil um, the Great, and then their friend, St. Gregory Nazianzen. Then their sister is also a saint. Their parents are saints, and their grandparents are saints. What the, what was going on in that family? They all let go. They, like, you look throughout history, like saints beget other saints. I have no doubt that, that the life of John Paul II affected other people that we don't yet know are saints. St. Ignatius and St. Francis Xavier. St. Ignatius, the 30-year-old college student, and St. Francis Xavier, the college student, being a full college student, and Ignatius saying, dude, why would you want to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Boom, right around. He was a missionary to Japan and China and India. So, God is calling me to a saint. And he has given you every grace an opportunity. You, he's giving us every grace and opportunity. Let us open ourselves up to receive it.